walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. Ooh. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Apron Bump Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle. Also known as the hardest part of the ring. Welcome, everybody. Glad to have you. Disclaimer, though, put the kids to bed, hide, hide the women, <laughs> hide the women and children, neuter your dog, because this show is uncensored. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, WCW uncensored. You fucking... All right, we got it. WCW Uncensored. 1996. Is a show that happened. It is, it's okay. We're, we're WCW, right? It's, we're still pre, pre-NWO. We're still in this wacky period of the Dungeon of Doom running amok at the top of the card. And that is fully represented in this show because the main event if you're not familiar with this show let me just let me just let me just toss this at you just so you understand what you're getting into the main event is an eight on two triple steel cage match i mean let's just just digest that for a second yeah, sure. We get, you know, Eddie Guerrero versus Conan. That's great. We get William Regal versus Finley. That's great. But then we have a triple doomsday cage match. How do you win a doomsday cage match? I don't think anybody fucking knows, but we'll get into that in the podcast. Of course, a really weird show, but also, not that bad, actually, in terms of WCW in this time period. And granted, expectation levels are in the dirt at this point for me in this time period. But it was actually a pretty decent show, weirdly enough. I know it may not seem like it by the way I'm teeing this up, but uh, we'll get into why. There's a lot of good wrestling on the show, a lot, a lot of wackiness, but it's to be expected. But uh, how, how good exactly was this show? Well, just stay tuned at the end of the podcast where we grade the show and uh, the hardest promotion of 1996 battle continues 
as we not only grade the show, but see if anything on this show was the best or the worst of the year so far. So stay tuned for that at the end. But before we get there, let me just give a big old smoocherooski to my guest, Tim from The Tim King Show and The Bloodline Network. Uh, you can check out Tim on YouTube, on all audio platforms, as well as all the other shows on the Bloodline Network. All that info will be in the description below. Love me some Tim King. Really entertaining guy. Has a lot of great guests. A lot of great insight on this show. It's always entertaining. I mean, the reason <laughs> that we're here, the reason that he's a guest on this episode in particular is because I was on his show when we all had a really good time and maybe had a few more, more brewskis than we should. And I told him, hey, Timmy boy. Why don't you come talk about Z Gangster and the ultimate solution with me? Come along with me. And he's a trooper. So, of course, he accepted. So go check out The Tim King Show and follow him on all the social medias. And might do that for me as well. I'd be surprised if you were listening to this and you didn't already follow me on social media. But if you're not, Apron Bump on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, I think. And hey, if you like this type of episode, you like WCW, or you're at least interested in hearing about this gruesome time in wrestling, I suggest you go to apronbump.com and you can go to the episodes tab at the top and you can uh, filter to any promotion, any era that I cover because I cover a lot on this podcast, but you can filter to WCW and that'll bring you to all the WCW uh, pay-per-views that I've covered thus far in chronological order, starting from spring, spring stampede. 1994, and worked my way up until now, uh, February of 1996. So, very interesting journey so far, and I look forward to uh, I look forward to it getting better at some point. But we're not there yet. <laughs> so, um, with that, is that all? I think that's all I got to plug. Might as well uh, start walking up the scaffold to cage number three to get this thing started, shall we? WCW, Uncensored, 1996, with myself and Tim King from The Tim King Show. You have the most beautiful legs in the whole wrestling <laughs> game, dude. Like, you know, I love Liv and I love Ty. Rhea's got some big, thick thighs and Tony. Mm. But Kyle, you, baby. And I think from last time Tell we me. talked, you got them silky smooth thighs, too. So They're, The thighs are pretty smooth, yeah. The calves yeah. get a little dicey, but uh, in terms of most people, I mean, I'm, I'm Asian. I'm hairless like a seal, and uh, except my balls. So <laughs> You don't have a no manscape for you? You don't have a promo code 20% off uh, apron bump or anything <laughs> like that? I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get on that train. But uh, I mean, the hardest part of the ring, Manscaped, I feel like there's a, you know, could be a crossover there. It's just a matter of time. But uh, sure. Well, cheers, my brother. Thanks for having me back on the apron bump, dude. dude. God, love you, bro. Always, always happy to ruin your childhood one show at a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah, big time. The last two matches on this show, woof. Good, dude, this but bad at the same time. Even like the ones that were good, they were like good until the end. And then the endings like almost ruined them. So it's like even the stuff that was good on this show, it like they found a way to ruin it somehow. Um, but yeah, dude, first of all, appreciate you uh, squeezing me in here during the afternoon. Finally able to uh, talk about this lovely, lovely show. <laughs> were you um, so you've seen the show before, right? 
Oh, yeah. It was, uh, been, has it been a while? It was one of my first WCW pay-per-views as a kid that I ordered. Like, I didn't order it. My parents ordered it, obviously. Uh-huh. So, like, yeah, I saw it live on pay-per-view as a child. And let me tell you, I fucking loved it, dude. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it as a kid. I thought the Giant versus Loch Ness, the idea of Giant versus Giant was so damn cool. I always am going to love a good Chicago street fight. And the idea right. of my hero, Hulkamania, because who? why wouldn't he be your hero? And your exactly. other hero, the macho man, the man of power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they just went through eight guys. And the way Brudai, and I loved Brudai as a kid. What an idiot. God, is there any more That's not worthless his name. wrestler ever than Brutus the Barber Beefcake? Like, he is the most worthless wrestler ever. <laughs> um, and his and, worst gimmick, too, on top of the that. The booty man. Ugh. Yeah, and like. I thought it was so cool having the booty man come out and save his brother Hogan because, you know, at WrestleMania 9, I love that tag team of Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan. And Brutus <laughs> right. had the mask, and I was like, all right, this dude's cool. And, you know, he ended up very fucking lame. And uh, I digress. As an adult, eh. In terms of this whole show? Is that in, your in terms <laughs> of the... I don't want to dog the whole show because Why I did not? enjoy... I did enjoy Eddie and Conan up until the end, which was, mm-hmm. you know, pretty stupid. I enjoyed the hell out of Regal and Finley until yeah. the end, which was also very stupid. And then, mm-hmm. yes, from there, it mightily went downhill. The man versus woman match was incredibly stupid. The giant versus giant match was almost as stupid. Right. Um, and the Chicago street fight, as much as like I did enjoy it, it went 15 minutes too long. Like, why did that yeah. match need 30 minutes? Like, Dude, crazy. Yeah, we'll get into it, but yeah, I, overall, I agree. I think, um, yeah, that street fight, it was. But we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But there was no reason for it to go as long as it did. But man, I think we need to um, kind of cleanse our palates real quick, just from the just to just kind of understand what we're getting into 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 with this show. So, Doomsday will be your last day, Hogan. You want a last meal? You better. We cannot coexist in this planet, Hogan. It's Tuesday. We are the Alliance to Eliminate Hulkamania. Hogan, my back's against the wall. That makes me very dangerous and very angry. enough of that um that's the first thing you see when you start this show so i had some expectations going into this show and as soon i i don't know if it was good or bad but i was morbidly curious as to how this main event would go and um the main event of course of this show is the doomsday steel cage match which is three cages right on top of each other one after the other kind of ready to rumble style although these ones are more just like uniform it's like the same size cage on top of each other. So it's literally like a building and they have it because they, I guess they can't let's like lower it from the ceiling. One, it's probably too heavy and two, it's too tall. So they have it set up like in the entrance way, like normally where like the curtain would be. They have this big ass cage. So everybody's like making their entrances around the cage. And some people are even using the cage during their match. What do you think of this like setup and like this opening kind of sequences here in the show? 
I thought the setup, well, the opening promo, I, I was fine with. You know, it got me a little bit hyped. Yeah. Kevin Sullivan. All right. I just Doomsday. said that. <laughs> I just said that Beefcake is the most irrelevant wrestler of all time, worthless <laughs> wrestler of all time. I might have to take that back. Kevin Sullivan. God, man, this guy is just fucking awful mm-hmm. at everything. So, yeah, hearing his voice kind of made me go, ugh. But at the same time, I knew that he was the one basically bringing in Zeke Gangsta. And mm-hmm. the ultimate solution, and he had the faces of fear behind him. So I knew he was the one leading this charge as he's been trying to end Hulkamania since like 1994 at this point. So right. let's see if he can finally end it. The, the 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 structure itself was interesting. I didn't remember it being just three stack cages like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure we'll talk more about it once we get to the match, the actual inf- infrastructure of it. But very interesting as far as the actual structure. And yeah, it looked like it was just three actual cages. Stacked right. on stacked on stacked, which was wild. Yeah. And it's it's funny because with that opening package and the main event, it's like very silly and hokey. But the rest of the card, there's some good wrestling on it. And that's kind of shown in this opening match here. So we got a United States title match. We got the champion Conan versus Eddie Guerrero. So I guess and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think on the pre-show, there was a match between Jerry Lynn and Dane Malenko. And Jerry Lynn won and he got entered into the cruiserweight title tournament. And I believe the winner of this match gets entered into the cruiserweight tournament. But I I can't think Conan's a cruiserweight. Do I have that right? It was. (laughs) I have no idea what they were explaining. And quite frankly, I don't think they knew what they were explaining. And I don't think they knew what they were explaining a lot of the show. Yeah. Like they were all over the place, which kind of made it entertaining. But looking at Conan, that was in my notes. Conan is a beefy, wide-bodied oh, yeah. boy. I cannot imagine he's, he's an eight at this point. No, yeah. I mean, Eddie obviously is, but um, maybe that's where we're leading. I don't know. But uh, Conan, Eddie, two luchadors, I guess. Conan, look, I haven't seen a lot of early Conan. I'm sure, because I know he did a lot of stuff in, like, AAA and stuff like that. Maybe in, the, uh, in his, like, younger days, he was more fluid. Like, this match is a lot of chain wrestling. But it feels like Conan's trying to work a style that isn't what he is. Because he would go on to be like the the Cholo or whatever, like the brawler. And I feel like that's more his strong suit where he was trying to like go tit for tat with like all the chain wrestling stuff with Eddie. What, what did you think of watching Conan and like this version of him? I thought it was interesting that he had a bandana on still, even with his like uh, Mexican garb on. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he's still rocking the, uh, the Vato bandana. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so he still like had that. Hood him, hood in him as well. So I was like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And he wrestled as the heel in this match. Dusty was putting over Eddie the whole time. It was yeah. so cool seeing a young Eddie, bro. There was this one sequence where Conan went to hit the monkey flip and Eddie landed on his feet and he hit these like five or six spots in a row, these like face spots. Yeah. You know, he did Hurricane Rana, fucking planches to the outside. And I'm just like, Eddie, Eddie. I know Eddie. that too. That was like, awesome. Yeah, bro. So, like, yeah, Conan, though, I didn't know too much about him um, as far as, like, in-ring go, except for when he was in the NWO, because that's, like, where we seen mo- him mostly in WCW. Mm-hmm. We didn't get, you know, obviously he's going to lose, I think he loses the U.S. title to Ric Flair coming up not too long. Um, but I don't remember seeing too much of him work this kind of a style, and I didn't think it was a, I thought it was a good match. I think it was probably the best yeah. match of the show. Um, as far as in-ring work goes, the next match, you could argue that Finley and Regal, they're just two different mm-hmm. styles. So it's really, you know, what what you prefer. I thought it was fun. I thought it was it was cool to watch Conan work this style with Eddie, and I, I really did enjoy this match until 
the headbutt to the balls that ended it. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, because I agree with you. The, the majority, 99% of this match was awesome. You have Cone, like, like that spot you said when Eddie was coming off the top with planchas and doing all these head scissors and because you weren't seeing that a lot in WCW at this point. I mean, the cruiserweight division is just getting started. So this style was still pretty new. Um, and then towards the end, you got a bunch of good near falls. You got a splash mountain power bomb by Conan for a two count. You got Eddie hitting yes. a superplex for a two count. So really high energy. And then WCW didn't see high energy matches a lot. So I love this. But to your point, the end comes when. Eddie goes for he tries to jump over Conan as he's, you know, running the ropes. But Conan just runs into Eddie's dick and balls with his head. <laughs> and Eddie goes down and Conan just pins him after that for the win. But commentaries put it off like, oh, he did it on purpose. Oh, that was a dastardly. But no, he just he did, Eddie didn't jump high enough is what it seemed to be. And so fuck him is my take on that so that's that, fair that's fair that's no the they did bro they were pushing hard this conan heel agenda that yeah. conan did it on purpose um conan low blowed him and i was like oh i had to go back and watch the replay and i was like because they don't think they showed it so i had to like mm-hmm. physically rewind it myself on the cock and you know if you rewind something on the cock you might have to endure a commercial so i had to take that <laughs> commercial risk just uh-huh. so i could see the headbutts of the balls and you're right it was, there was there was nothing there. I don't know what they were fucking doing. No, he, there's no like forward, you know, or anything. He's just running. And he just doesn't duck. But it is what it is. I guess doesn't Cohen in join the Dungeon of Doom eventually? You're right. He does. He teams with Hugh Morris, Hugh Morris for a mm. little bit. And then, yeah, he turns on them and goes uh, NWO. Just oh, a life. bunch of nonsense. You're either in the NWO or you're in the Dungeon of Doom is what. I take WCW ends up being. Or I haven't really seen both. a lot of it. Sometimes both. Big, Big Bubba Rogers tried to do it. He tried to go oh. Dungeon of Doom to NWO. He failed. Well, hey, if there's any plus to the show is that there's no Big Bubba Brutus Rogers. the Barber Beefcake. He was in both. What was he? Uh, what was his name? Fuck. Oh, man. Oh, in the Dungeon of Doom. He was uh, the Zodiac. There you go. Yep. Yes. The Zodiac. And then he was. Uh, well, this is after because remember, he was a spy for Hogan. Oh, yeah. yeah. So in 95, he was in the in the Dungeon of Doom as the Zodiac. He had the stupid horn. He was had the zebra mm-hmm. tights. Then all of a sudden he's like, nah, you got I got you guys. I got so all the he intel. Became Booty Man after he was Zodiac. Correct. Yes. Does it make My any dude. more sense or less sense? <laughs> I think more. Yeah, I think it makes yeah. more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, a little storytelling. And the whackness, we'll talk about that when we get there. I was mm-hmm. really confused about that match until like they talked about it after. So WCW's telling stories. I, I, I can dig that. I can dig that. Well, I don't so know if they're speak- good stories. But I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of Loch Ness, uh, what happens after this match is probably my favorite part of the show. Um, I could explain it, but I'd rather just show you. Line tonight through CompuServe, <laughs> including the man that stands seven he foot four inches perplexed. tall and weighs 446 pounds tonight. Online, you can on, talk to the comes. giant. He's going to be facing the Loch Ness send. Monster. These, these two men. All right. The fucking 1996 humans looking at computers is a sight to see. <laughs> <laughs> has absolutely no idea what's going on. But yeah, I guess you can, uh, if you're watching the show, you can uh, log, log on to AOL and talk to the giant. Did you ever did you ever get a chance to talk to the giant? 
No. Nope. I was on AOL, but I never got a chance to talk to the Giant for sure. Were you on AOL or were you too young? I was on AOL. I played a lot of AOL pool, like oh. billiards, like on the uh, AOL games. Cool. Crushed it. Nice. Crushed nice. it. Not, not to brag nice. or anything. AOL was so. the best, man. Chat rooms, dude. Oh, ASL. Man, was the best. Dude. Do you remember your AIM name? Yeah. I Are you too embarrassed to say it? Okay. It's, it was Little Squeaky 39. <laughs> right? Squeaky spelled wrong, but it was with two E's instead of an E and an A. Uh, I had a friend at the time who would, because I'm very ticklish, so he would tickle me and he'd go, Squeaky, Squeaky. I was like, whatever, uh, 10 years old. And this is around the time I made my account. I was like, oh, Little Squeaky. So, I like it. I like I, it. It's cool. I, that's, it's my email now if I you know want to sign up for something and I don't want to spam. So little squeaky39 at AOL.com. I can hey, dig it. I can dig it up. for sure. Hit me up in the chat room. Everybody. Mine wasn't uh mine wasn't as good. I just was a pretty basic boring bitch. It was Vars Blue 69. Varsity Blue is the best movie. 69 because I was a loser teenage kid, dude. <laughs> no idea what a 69 even was, really, when I was fucking putting it in. And Billy Bob's number was 69, so I just threw that in. Right. Actually. Yeah. yeah, I love the idea that you don't know what 69 is, but you're like, <laughs> this is right. probably funny. Yeah, <laughs> boom. Yep. That's fantastic. Well, that brings us to arguably my maybe maybe my favorite match of the night. The Belfast Bruiser versus Lord Steven Regal, of course, accompanied by Jeeves. And uh, for anyone unaware, the Belfast Bruiser is Finley. And of course, Steven Regal is William Regal. And. I mean, these guys must have wrestled each other a million times over the course of their career. I, I I fucking love this. There was no like if the first the first match was kind of more of a clean chain wrestling kind of type of match, whereas this one was just a fight. I mean, Finley comes out with the jacket. He has like this one shoulder pad that has like the spikes or whatever on it. And he just hits Regal with it before the bell. And then they just proceed to just seemingly just shoot punch each other over and over again i i really enjoyed this what do you think about it bro i love this match um like i said when i was talking about the first match totally different than that but arguably the match of the night it was 1a 1b the shit ending did ruin it but Mm -hmm. i always thought that regal was a chicken shit heel so when i saw him in the bcc is like oh i was this tough guy i was a fucking fucking i beat the shit out of everybody mm-hmm. i was like no you didn't i don't remember you doing that at all you, you drank tea with jericho's piss in it that's all you did yeah man like you were like a fucking lackey you were always losing i don't remember it like you were occasionally the intercontinental champion the king of the ring the tnt or the tv mm-hmm. champion but like i don't remember you being steven regal or william regal ever being a badass i remember you being a man's man but not a fucking badass okay mm-hmm. so when i go back and watch this match i'm like oh i see what he's talking about He's yeah. ruthless. He's vicious. I see a lot of like what Moxley does in his matches in what Regal's <laughs> doing, dude. And I'm yeah. like, oh, wow. Yeah, dude. He's ruthless as hell. And Finley. Oh, dude. I'm fucking just a. Oh, that Peter, mullet. I want to call that a mullet that he has. That's in my notes as well. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's fucking shaved on top until mm-hmm. the back hat, like where you would bald in the back. All right. So it's shaved. And then he's got long hair. I don't. I don't know what the fuck you call that. It was one, and then badass. this ridiculous mustache. I, I don't know. <laughs> the look. The look was awful. Yeah. But Finley was good in the ring. Uh-huh. The best part of it was commentary the whole time with uh, Dusty and Glutamus Max Maximus. Oh and he couldn't fucking say the name. And then Dusty saying how these guys never have fought before, even though they both of them are in Europe. And then 
He's right. like, oh, so they're like five minutes apart, Daddy. And now Bobby's like, no, they're like seven minutes apart. It was just the commentary was great all night, even though they were clueless. They were great at the same mm-hmm. time. And uh, they were fantastic during this match. I loved it. The ending just sucked for everything that they did to each other for it to end on a DQ was just fucked. And an uncensored pay-per-view, a match right. to end on a DQ was blasphemous. So, <sighs> yeah, there's no but, rules except for when we want there to be rules. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah, I mean, because like you said, fun match that they fight on the outside at one point. And I think it's Finley tries to grab a chair from the audience, but they're like all connected. So he's like, <laughs> he like pulls up an entire row. He's like, shit, I can't do that. But they figure it out. They even fight to the cage. They bounce each other off the cage. Um, but to your point, they come back and uh, the Blue Bloods interfere. Dave Taylor and Robert Eaton. They just, for, for whatever reason, attack Finley. I think even Regal had the advantage at the time, but they were like, ah, oh, no, we're just going to go out there and, and gang up on Finley, and it's a DQ. So another great match with a dumb finish. So that's a running theme throughout the show, and I don't think it uh, really stops. So, But for what it was, I enjoyed it. It, it was a pleasure to see these two English fucks uh, kick the shit out of each other. So, Yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. Very physical. Well, giant... I don't know if he ever figured out the laptop, but now he's here cutting a promo. Uh, I only noted that he said he was going to smoke Loch Ness like bacon. Um, Some good lines, some good lines from the Giants. Uh, And I guess if the Giant wins his match with Loch Ness later in the show, he gets a world title match against Ric Flair on Nitro. So setting up the stakes for that match later on, which is fine. Uh, Then it cuts to Loch Ness Monster cutting a separate promo from a different location. And uh, initially, Loch Ness and Giant were aligned. They were all in Dungeon of Doom, but I guess Loch Ness pissed that Jimmy Hart, I guess Jimmy Hart promised him a match with Hogan, but he never followed through on it. So he's mad about that. So now that's why these guys are fighting. Gene makes fun of his teeth. And uh, yeah, that's where we're at. So, But you said you were, you were pumped. I mean, conceptually, I could see this being a match being uh, excited about for sure. Yeah, man. Because back then you didn't care about work rate. Like, Braun versus Omos, let's fucking go. I mean, that ended up being a great match. But, like, you see two giants, you want to see two giants. Like, that's like a, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, a sight. A spectacle. But, um, a skept- yeah, there you go. A there skept- we go. Skeptical. Spectacle. Spectacle. <laughs> not you got skeptical. It. A spectacle. You're not skeptical on that spectacle. That's for sure. No, no, no. Two monsters. Do they? Yo, Lachlan was a big, beefy boy, bro. Like, he, he was. was almost, they kept saying, like, he was just wide, but he was tall, too. He had to be pushing 6'9", six, 6'10". Six, yeah, they said he was, was he 600 pounds or 700 pounds? I forget what they said. He didn't look, maybe he was. Maybe he's just more fat than eight because fat weighs more than muscle, so maybe he's, <laughs> maybe that makes yeah. him heavier than the big show. He's, like, 300 pounds heavier than the giant is somehow, so I don't know. But uh, we're not there yet. We got some more in-ring action on our hands here. We got a man versus woman match. Not an intergender match. A man versus woman. Colonel Robert Parker versus Medusa. So we are a Medusa, of course, Alundra Blaze, who kind of recently hopped over from the WWF, did the whole deal where she dropped the belt in the trash can. This was a few weeks before this. Um, Do you remember that? You were kind of younger at the... I mean, you were... You're definitely younger at this point. But um, did, did that like was that on your radar that she came from WWF to WCW or did you care at all? 
I was a I loved Alondra Blaze in WWF. Like she was the only yeah. woman, period. She always wrestled all the big Japan stars. So I thought I thought she was cool. When she dropped the belt in the garbage, no, eleven year old me or twelve year old me didn't correlate that that was a thing or mm-hmm. even put together like what that was. I didn't even I still wasn't even picking up when Lex Luger was coming over from the other show. It's like, oh <laughs> Lex is just in WCW now. That's crazy. wrestling's on. Exactly. Much That's it. it. Now yeah. I was like, oh, is Lex Luger gonna fucking show you know stupid dirt sheets when I digress? Um, <laughs> but no, I didn't think anything of it. Um this match itself though. Woof! Like that's what you came over for again to a feud with Colonel Robert. Dude, that's like, that, that's what I said too. Because like, is this really greener pastures from WWF? Because WWF they didn't have a women's division really, but they at least occasionally had some. You know, you had your Bull Nicanos coming over. You had Bertha Faye, who was kind of solid, and you had. I guess that was pretty much it. But I mean, WCW didn't have a title. They didn't have anyone. They had Sh- Sherry Martell, and I think that's pretty much it. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe she had more hopes. Maybe it was more of an up and coming, like there was changes going on in WCW. Maybe she thought it would pick up and I guess it did at one point. Cause I know they would eventually have a woman's title. I don't think it lasted very long and uh, I don't think much was ever done with it, but, uh, yeah, it's just interesting seeing her. Cause I, I loved Alundra blaze. I love Medusa. I think she's like, man, if she was in this time period, I think she would fit in perfectly. I think she'd still be, you know, one of the best. So really, well, ahead her. Of her she's, time. Out, she's out there throwing second rope drop kicks all over the ring on Colonel Dude. Robert Parker, uh, top rope plunges to the outside on him. Horrible fucking catch by him. Like horrible <laughs> spot. But like, she's, I mean, what do you, what do you expect? Like when I yeah. saw this, I expected nothing, but I watched it. I got nothing, right. but her drop kicks were cool and her spots on the outside was fine. So she did a little airplane spin on Parker, some arm drags, scoop slam. So, um, I mean, yeah, Medusa's definitely carrying Robert Parker in this one, but uh, eventually Parker, cause he's a man. So he has to overpower her at some point, gives her like a choke slam on just with both hands, just tosses her like a sack of shit. Um, and like you said, well, he used to be a wrestler, but they were, you know, they put it off like mm-hmm. he can't wrestle. So, like, he yeah. wrestled for a while, right? Like, he was a big in uh, the Tennessee area down there. You know what? Memphis. Let's, uh, let's, let's Memphis give this region. I, I was just thinking that. Let's let's give this a Google ski here. Robert Parker. Okay, there's a lot of those. He's not the first one that pops up. WCW, <laughs> Robert Colonel. Fuller. Yeah, but in the Colonel. The Colonel, of course. Uh, still alive. You love to see it. You love to see it. So he wrestled from 1970 to, uh, I don't know, probably the 1990 or something. So, yeah, not a lot, not a very notable career, but he did wrestle. Good to yeah. know. The more you know. Um, but yeah, he's, he's out there in a suit. Like, he doesn't even have gear on. He just, like, takes his jacket off and his stupid hat. And he's like, all right, let's wrestle. Fucking Doug Demidome at looking asshole, but... Uh, but yeah, Medusa hits the German suplex eventually on Robert Parker. And now we got another, we're three for three on dumbass finishes. So she hits the German suplex, has the bridge. Dick Slater, who's out there with Colonel Robert Parker, sweeps her feet out from under her. And somehow the Colonel ends up on top of her. And if you're, if you're listening to this, he's like, that sounds confusing. I don't know how that would happen. It's just as confusing if you're watching it. It doesn't make any sense physically. But uh, Parker lands on top of her and gets the pin somehow. So Parker wins and uh, barn burner of a match, right? It made no sense. And to not put her over made absolutely no sense. So. Well, she's just a woman. 
Tim. So I, I, I get it. I get it. Especially throw a skirt on her. Throw, throw her in the Colonel Robert Parks. Get, put, go, go cook me something, woman. That's, that's, what, he, <laughs> <laughs> that's what he would say. Yeah, not I me. Think it, not I think me. he did say that. He had like a promo. Like, ah, well, let me tell you something. Get the kiss he out did, and then dirty, and then they go to Dirty Dick, and then Gene's like, "What do you got to say?" And then Dirty Dick botches lines like crazy, and then Gene's like, "Are you okay there?" And then what do you do in in wrestling back in the day if you can't talk? Right. You just start laughing uncontrollably and say, well, "Let's go get him, dude!" And that's what he started doing. <laughs> let me tell you something. <laughs> Look, not everybody on the roster can be as good of a promo as Road Warrior Hawk. So I <laughs> he's just talking nonsense after the match allergies with I'm I'm gonna rip your Abdul up Langata out and I don't it's just good lines. Good lines from Road Warrior Hawk. And then you're gonna be in diapers and uh, or what was it? Not the diapers, uh depend. You're gonna, yes. you're gonna need to depend and then you're gonna be in depends. I'm like, all right, Hawk. All right, I'm done. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Uh, but the hits just keep on coming. We have DDP Diamond Dallas Page versus the Booty Man, of course, accompanied by the Booty Babe. Man, pre pre like prime DDP is like a sight to see. Uh, part of me just like does just doesn't want to pay attention to this, doesn't want to overthink this because I know he ends up being a huge star. But God damn it, it's just like. Because he's good. Like, you can see that he's good. But the gimmick and the storyline... Because DDP and Johnny B. Bad were feuding, and they were, they were feuding over Kim, who is the booty babe now. But then... Um, and then Johnny won a match where he got the services of Kim, and then he won all of Diamond's money. But then Johnny B. Bad leaves... At this point, now he's with the WWF as Mark Marrow. So now they're like, oh, let's just throw the booty man in there because they're both colorful and flamboyant. And so now it's just kind of shifted to the booty man. And I guess the stipulation of this match is if DDP wins, he gets all of his money back. So I don't know, man. And he, he used to come out in like the fancy jacket and the fucking the cigars and all that shit. Now he's kind of more bare, bone, bare bones. He just has like the tights and that's pretty much it. So. I get the story they're trying to tell, and I can appreciate them trying to tell a lower tier story, but I don't know this. And then you have the booty man, you fucking worthless Brutus beefcake. It's just out there. It's just a bunch of nonsense, and the match didn't really do much for me. What do you think about it? I guess my question is, why did the match go so long? Now, you can go on cage match, and maybe it was only six minutes. But mm-hmm. I felt like it was like 20. And I'm like, is this match ever going to fucking end? And it's not that it was a bad match. I just didn't give a fuck. Because I had yeah. previously seen, I don't know if it was on your show. Very possibly it was on your show when we did World War Three, 1995. Um, where they were engulfed in this. It probably was when they did this feud. I think it was maybe I was talking to you about it, ironically. I think it still might have been John to be bad at that time. If I'm yeah, correctly. so like I had just seen that. So like, why do I want to just carry the story into another guy? I'm like, this is the exact same thing I just saw with Johnny B. Bad. Like, why do I want to see this? A worse and version. throw in that Brutus Beefcake is now on this 420 second gimmick. Like, I don't give a fuck about that guy, dude. So I didn't care about any of it. Just mm-hmm. get to the Nitro Girls, go dance and lead them and get all those girls wiped up to wrestlers. Because sure. this is bad. And DDP looks younger now than he did back yes. then. It's crazy, dude. He's a little a little thicker here, 
definitely uh, in the face. I don't know if it's like the hair or the facial hair. He looks yeah. like a fake person. I don't, I don't know. It looks like a creator wrestler in a video game. <laughs> I can see it. Uh, but DDP, that being said, I, DDP's like bumping and his selling, I thought was really good here. It was like very animated, but like he's doing what he can to kind of like set himself apart from other guys. So I thought his performance in this match is good. B- fucking booty man and his assless tights. Blah. <laughs> I don't know. My what wife's like, saying? is that why they call him the booty man? And I said, quite frankly, I don't fucking care why they call him the booty man. I don't give a fuck. I just can't like I can't put myself in the, like you're in the writer's room or whatever. All right. Zodiac. You, you, we need a new gimmick for you. What's your name going to be? How, how do you arrive at the booty man? And who <laughs> who says yes to the booty man? Hulk Hogan's right hand man. The only reason he's got a job is because of Hogan. So he's probably like, I'll say, I'll take whatever you'll give me, sire. I'll take whatever you'll give me. Well, let me tell you something, Brutus. You, you, you like booty, right? Yeah, dude. Booty man. Like b- booty beefcake would have been a better name. Hell, I love that name. I'm gonna call myself that from now on. But you booty man is just dumb. But even if they just called him beefcake or something, like. Yeah. Go back to that. I don't know, man. Or he was Brother Brudai, like, before the Zodiac. I mean, that would have been fine, too. But whatever. God, how um, many gimmicks? How I think that's why I, I think that's why he's worthless, and I care nothing about him. How many fucking gimmicks has that man gone through? So I've been reviewing WCW, so, like, mid-94, less than two years, and he's already had four gimmicks. He's been Brother Brudai. He's been Zodiac. He's been Booty Man. He was something else, too, I think. And I don't know what he ends up being after this. I don't really care. I hope he just kind of fades away. Probably doesn't. But uh, the disciple. Oh God, is that he's going to be that, the disciple come ninety early ninety seven? Right. Yep, yep. Just keep trying different things. Maybe this one will get over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the match is what it is. Booty man, booty man ends up winning after a DDP forces himself on Kim with a kiss. She slaps him. And then Booty Man with the high knee for the win. So that was, was a good high knee. It was. It was a solid high knee he hit on him. It's very Harley Race esque, very Triple H esque mm-hmm. high knee from the Booty Man. But we got another barn burner on our hands after that. We got Loch Ness versus the Giant, the Battle of the Behemoths. So this is, uh, I guess, a number one contender match for the world title. If you want to call this a match, I mean, I don't know how long this match lasted. It couldn't have been longer than two minutes. And no. And the only reason it lasted that long is because they're both lumber. Actually, Giant isn't really lumbering here. He actually looked very spry and youthful next to Loch Ness and how he was moving. So they they lock up and then Giant hits a boot and a leg drop for the win. <laughs> and that's the match. So thoughts? Uh- Awful, awful. Um, again, as a kid, I was excited and amped. I was excited and amped to go back and see what the giant versus the Loch Ness was. I knew the giant won, but I, does he choke slam the seven hundred pound monster? Does he I was excited to watching this. Like right, like what's he going to do to this guy? How is he going to beat him? He gets hit a couple times. He throws a clothesline, a sidekick, in a left legged leg drop. <laughs> the dreaded left legged leg drop. What the fuck was that? So, and then, no, I was going to say, I, I do like yeah. the storytelling aspect of him doing that, like as an like directed at Hogan, like Hogan, that was for you, and that's why he did his little sequence there. Yes, and that's what I was going to say. So, like right after when he went in the camera, he said Hogan, that was for you. I said, ah, 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. But still, hit the man with a body slam or something. Like, make it something. Invest. Like, make me invested. That was bullshit. That match sucked. That was a waste of time. Big waste of time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Loch Ness has any more matches in WCW. I, don't think, so. I think he was done after that. I think. Doesn't he like. And I don't think he had very many matches before that. Let me see. I th- he was big in Europe, I think. He was giant he haystacks. Was. So, yeah, he, I mean, he would die like two years later. So, oh, three years later. So. I assume. I mean, that guy's fucking massive. It was lymphoma that took him out. It wasn't even like a heart attack or anything. Yeah, Interesting. Cancer got him. Damn. Fucking of all things. But, uh, yeah. So, mm. so, so much for Loch Ness. We hardly knew ye, but... Uh, Giant looked great, though, man. I mean, I guess yeah. he looked great, but physically, his physique, he looked great, dude. Great. I'm like, I almost think like Giant, like Paul White's run as the Giant is probably the best stuff he's done in his career, like all around, like as a character and in ring, which honestly, I mean, it's not like all his fault because he just flip flops all over all over the place when his WWE run came around. So a lot of it was because of that and he, nothing really stuck with him. But I mean, the stuff with the I mean, he, it's goofy in hindsight to see him like, listen here, I'm a monster that now, now he's just Paul White. He's a commentator, commentator on AEW. But at the time, man, I could see him being pretty menacing. So and being the guy that. to come in and take the belt off of Hogan and then, yeah, and then go back and he wins another world title, I believe in being the guy to challenge Hogan in the NWO, mm-hmm. being the first defector from WCW into the NWO, I believe. Was big. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, man. Giant had, Giant had a good run. His WWE run, too many flip-flops. Like you said, the baby mm-hmm. face, the heel, baby face, the heel. I mean, they call it the big show, man. They don't know what to do with big guys. They did the same thing with Braun Strowman. It's very unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, that brings us to a Chicago street fight. It's a tag team match. We got the team of the Road Warriors versus the team of Booker T and Sting. So do you recall why Booker and Sting are teaming here? Yeah, I remember they had some sort of three-way beef with these teams and Lex and Sting were partners and and Harlem Heat, obviously. But I couldn't remember mm-hmm. why this match wasn't just either a triple threat tag team match for the belts or why Lex wasn't in the match against LOD. So they did fill us in. Why don't you fill us in as to? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not even like a hundred percent. I even like re- reviewed the nitros leading up to this and it was still kind of unclear, but so uh, Sting and Lex Luger are the current tag team champions. Obviously both the Harlem heat and the road warriors want those titles. So the road warriors initially challenged staying in Lex Luger to a Chicago street fight. And Lex is like, yeah, we'll take you on no matter what match you guys want. And then Lex ends up bitching out. And he's like, you know what? I can't, I got to go help the, the stupid uh, dungeon of doom fellows. I got to help them out. Hey, you find a partner and you, you take care of these guys. And the Booker's like, Hey, if I help you and we win, can I, can we get a title shot? The Harlem heat. And then I, from my understanding, that's why we're here. That's it. 110%. And in a fucked up way, that's, Kind of cool storytelling, to be honest with you. Sure. Yeah, it's unique. I feel that. And like triple threat matches were like not because I think it was Bash at the Beach 95. They had a triple threat tag match. And it's like nowadays it's like a very common thing. But back then they had no idea what to do. Like it was so foreign to them. So they're probably like trying to stay away from that for the time being. So that's just my guess as to why that's not happening like that. But um, so but the match itself. 
I mean, it was like 30 minutes. It was like 29 minutes or something like that. It, it was long for no reason. There was no, this was not like a, a, a story with chapters. There was no highs. There was no lows. There was no climaxes. There was no major. It was just nonsense for 30 minutes. Nobody had a goddamn <laughs> idea what they were doing. They're all just jumping. There are people jumping off the apron onto people. They don't even see it coming. They don't. Even they can't even sell it because they're they're not seeing them come in. They're just like mindless brawling all over the. I don't know. I mean, am I wrong? I mean, what what do you think about this? Yo, Kyle, there was one point in the match where they were in the ring. All right, yeah. and Sting had Animal in a uh, camel clutch. Hawk had mm-hmm. just gotten out of a camel clutch from Booker, or just taken his own camel clutch off of Booker, and mm-hmm. instead of going to save his tag team partner. He picks Booker up off the floor, fights with him, throws him to the outside. Camel Clutch is still on. He fights with Booker to the outside. I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? If this was the Young Bucks or the Usos who did this in 2023, mm-hmm. they would fucking, like, the other one's throwing super kicks to the other guy to the, and then chasing him to the outside. The world would shit fucking bricks. Yeah. 30 fucking minutes of two screens, just like this that we're looking at while we're Dude, doing this. Yeah. And you couldn't even see what was going on in either fucking screen. It was punch, kick, body slam, jump, double axe handle, throw to the guardrail, do it again. Over and over and over and Uh over again. It felt like a fucking MJF promo. It just never fucking (laughs) ends, dude. And finally, I love the ending. It was a unique ending. Lex is in the back flexing into a mirror. Stevie Ray comes out. They fuck up Road Warrior Animal because, or yeah, Road Warrior Animal because he got mixed up in that so then they fucking handcuff him and i remember actually remember this from a kid this is a cool ending so they do handcuff animal to um like a pole which is dope so he can't get out so hawk's got to fight one-on-one sting doesn't know about this booker t don't give a fuck stevie ray comes out cracks his ass uh hawk with a chair uh booker t hits the harlem uh, whatever the fuck he hit the top row, over. But, yeah yeah exactly hits that one two three it's over I like the ending. I lo- I really did, but I feel like they could have did that about, at about the 17-minute mark. This yes. did not need to go for 30 minutes. I was sitting there like, this match is never going to fight. It was longer than the main event. And there's we got two screens for 30 minutes of nonsense. So, Yeah, I mean, I get the two screens, but also, it, it just like you said, it makes it hard to like focus on either thing. Like, I get what their idea is. Oh, you can see everything that's happening. But the viewer is like, OK, what do I look at? Especially when nothing particularly interesting is happening on either screen. So, yeah, that kind of thing. And took I also have to remember, and we also have to remember, and the viewers who are watching have to remember, this was 26 years ago, too. So right. technology has come so far that maybe 26 years ago, that was actually super cool. And we're like, holy fuck, we got two box picture in picture on the screen. Yeah. This is crazy. We're all over the place. But I mean, going back, I mean, it's awful. They did that at World War Three and the commentators like, whoa, what the what tarnation's going on here? Yeah, so just carrying that over. I that guess, was the but. theme. That's what I meant to tell you. Thank you for reminding me. When we did World War Three, we were complaining that we couldn't really see shit because mm-hmm. they were going back and forth between these screens. Same thing here. Like, we really couldn't see anything. And I thought it was funny. There was one point in the match. And it was really quick. It was only like eight seconds. But they had the exact same thing on both screens because they were fighting in such <laughs> right. close proximity. And I was like, oh, my God, guys, go on one screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're still figuring it out. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I like the finish. So, I guess Harlem Heat gets a title shot in the future. 
And I mean, as far as spots in this match, I mean, there's you know brooms get brought in. There's chairs. Like you said, not a lot of not a lot of cohesion in this match. I, I will say, though, I think Booker T really shined out of all mm-hmm. these guys. I mean, he's hitting because we were used to seeing him hit the scissors kick and like the, the leg lariat that he does and the spin a type stuff. But I mean, he was he looks so much more like explosive than any of these guys in this. And there's, there's four athletes in this match, but Booker T, man, I mean, he was he was getting after it because, I mean, this was like a spotlight on him because normally he's with his brother and it's, it's almost like a package deal. Whereas, I mean, it's still a tag team match, but I feel like this is kind of Booker's like you can see what I can do kind of thing. So good call. Um, yeah, I like that. And he's the only one who didn't lose any face paint in this match. It's a good point. It's a good point. I like it. So we <laughs> well, <laughs> if uh, I'm uh, a loser. So I, I like was watching this show. It was like kind of, I probably started at like nine o'clock and I was like, I'm going to watch it all tonight. We're going to do it. That's Street Fight took me out of it I, I had to go to bed after <laughs> but I, you, bro. I could I, ha- I didn't have it in me to watch a full ass doomsday cage match I eventually did though and uh I can't say that I'm thankful that I did but let me let me just read off the names of who is in this match so it's a doomsday cage match we explained it before it's a triple it's it's a cage with it's three cages on top of each other and uh it's the team of uh, macho man and Hulk Hogan Versus the Alliance to end Hulkamania, which, of course, is a team comprised of Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, Lex Luger, Ming, Ric Flair, the Barbarian, the Ultimate Solution, and Z Gangsta, of course, accompanied by Elizabeth, Jimmy Hart and Woman. So, um, yeah, the, and if that's not nonsensical enough, the, the, the rules, I don't know. <laughs> How about you explain to me what the rules to this match are? Because I was very unclear. So here are the rules to this match. There are no rules. They don't know what the <laughs> fucking uncensored. rules are. Yeah, that's it. It's uncensored. It's unsanctioned. I thought the uh, the objection was to get out of the cage. Well, they got out of the cage about 12, 14 minutes into this match. So that mm-hmm. clearly wasn't it. They wrestled to the ring. They went back to the cage. I have no fucking idea what the rules are. Apparently, you had to get a pin. But they had they there's like you said there's three levels. Flair and Arn Anderson start at the top. On the second level, you had the Dungeon of Doom. You had Kevin Sullivan, Lex Luger, the Faces of Fear, Ming, and Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Then you had on the first level when they never were there, they never showed up. Like they never actually were in this cage. Like when Michael Buffer, great introduction. You never. Got, <laughs> he's doing introductions. His introduction for Ming, Barbarian, they weren't on camera. Ultimate Gangsta or Z Gangsta and the mm-hmm. Ultimate uh, Solution didn't right. even show up until fucking hit three quarters through the through the match. So I don't know. It was it was that was baffling to fucking start. You want to show this s- spectacle again, right? So you want to see these monsters in this first ring while all this is going down, and then Hogan they have to come down to them. They never even came from the second level to the first. They like <laughs> fought outside the cage to the ring and back into the first level. Like, did they not even know how to get down there? So I don't, that was confusing to start the match. Like they had scaffolding on each side. It looked like Elizabeth and woman walked all the way up into the top cage. I'm like, why are they the ones walking up with their heels? And apparently they walked down. So they weren't in there. So I was confused about that. The structure itself had different bracketed cages inside the cage. Mm -hmm. So like Hogan locked himself in a little cage at one point and, 
Savage was stuck at some point and like couldn't get out. So then he was on the floor. I don't know the. <laughs> yes, Kyle, what you do for me when we do these shows is you ruin these great concept matches in my head in my childhood one by one. And while this show wasn't that bad, this match was so fucked on so many different <laughs> levels. I guess you had to win by pinfall though, because at the I end guess. of the day, Hogan and Savage escaped, and then Hogan threw Savage back into pin flare really quick after. Lex Luger helped them win when it was all said and done. Right. And they got to win. And they that that made me laugh that Macho, it looks like Macho didn't even know how to win. He's like, oh, I guess I'll, I'll pit him and then we'll leave. <laughs> but on the way there, I mean, what a what a journey this match was. I, 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 I'm trying to decide if I like this or not. I don't think I did. I, I appreciate the novelty of it and how ridiculous it was. I can't say it was particularly entertaining, though. There were a few points like because like you said, they, they Hogan, it's like what well, it's Hogan and Macho and uh, Flair and Arn Anderson on the top cage. Right. And they fight again. It's just like punch, punch, whip it to the cage, punch, punch. Like there's no like like ebbs and flows to it. It's just mindless brawling. And then commentaries even is like. I don't know. I mean, I guess there's probably a trap door or something that you could get to the second. Like nobody knew what was going on. And eventually they do open this trap door and they fight their way to the second level where the faces of fear and Kevin Sullivan and all of them are there. And they do the same thing, basically. And like you said, there's like a little partition in the middle of the second cage. And at some point, Hogan and Macho, right? It's both of them. They get into like one side and then they have like a padlock and they lock the everyone else on the other side. And then, then they're all of a sudden they're fighting on the, like the scaffold that's next to it. Which is probably my favorite part when Hogan and Kevin Sullivan were trying to cool. fucking Mufasa each other off the scaffold. <laughs> so that was fun. But then they fight to the ring. Hogan and Sullivan do, they do like the big boot and whatever the hell uh, the crowd pops for the, just the fact that they're at the ring. Cause I couldn't, I can't imagine how awful this would be to watch it person. <laughs> in dark. It was all dark too. Like it was, it was black. It, it was like a, Bray Wyatt match. For well, it's Bray Doomsday, Bray. Timothy. It's tough to watch. So. Um, but yeah. And uh, so now it's like, I don't know, commentary is like, oh, now Flair and Arn Anderson have been eliminated. The Barbarian and Ming, they're eliminated because they're, I guess they're locked in the part, but then they eventually fight. I don't know. But, and then uh, it's at this point, so Macho and uh, Lex Luger fighting on the floor. Hogan and Sullivan kind of fight their way back to the cage. And then out come Z Gangsta. An ultimate solution, not the final solution. The ultimate solution. <laughs> Z Gangsta, of course, Zeus from uh, No Holds Barred fame. Depot. Depot, an ultimate solution who was also in No Holds Barred. I, I've never seen the movie, but in oh. doing my research, apparently he was also in that movie. I guess he had been in a couple movies, like in a Batman movie, too. Is that where is that where he's from? Because I had no idea who that was. Yes, he's uh, Rob. Robert Swanson is his name. Um, but, uh, yeah, he was, he was like a stunt man in movies and he just, look, he, he looks, he looks like the warlord. Like that's who I thought it was when, when I first saw him. I was like, is, did warlord like beef up? But uh, it was not him, but he, yeah. that's a good call. He looked he just like him. Uh, so eventually the, in, in, in the bottom cage, there's a ring in the cage. So it's just a traditional like cell, I guess. You have Hogan and Macho Man versus Z Gangsta and Ultimate Solution. They have the face-off. You have the no-holds-barred face-off between Hogan and Zeus. So it's fun, I guess. But again, 
ultimate solution in Z-Gangsta. They're not out there doing drop toe holds or arm drags. They're just, I mean, Zeus at one point just starts choking Macho Man, I think it is, and then Solution takes Hogan and dumps him, or it might have been the other way around, but um, not a lot going on. Um, and then eventually Sullivan, <laughs> they're fighting in the ring, and Sullivan has like a pull because he's on the outside of the cage and he like sticks it through the cage and like pokes Macho Man with it, which is pretty funny. Uh, just a bunch of bumbling idiots in there. You have uh, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair. They fight their way in. They all gang up. The, the numbers game is uh, getting to the mega powers. There's no chance they will uh, make their way out of this. But Booty Man to the save. He, uh, at some point, somebody like throws powder and it blinds everybody except uh, it blinds all the heels, basically. And then Booty Man, I guess, <laughs> brings frying pans for Macho Man and Hogan to use. And they're just donk, donk on everybody. And uh, Lex Luger uh, fights them off, fights Hogan and Macho Man off. He puts on a, a weighted glove, I guess it is, a loaded glove of some sort. Tries to hit Savage, but Savage ducks and hits Flair, knocking him out. And then uh, they take out they take out Lex Luger and then Hogan and Macho Man. They try to escape, but they're like, oh, wait, we got to win the match. So Macho Man hops back in there, pins Flair, get the win, the one, two, three. And then Macho Man and Hulk Hogan escape and run away. So, uh, I mean, at the end, it was like, OK, I, can't, I, I, I get uh, they're putting over how kind of grueling this match was, but the match itself, man, it was just, it was just nonsense. Um, it was silly. Yeah. It was, uh, I think now that I'm thinking about it while I was listening to you talk, if mm -hmm. we didn't just come off of a 30 minute two screen silly match, mm -hmm. this would have been more acceptable. Like had that match maybe started the show or even like, just had something in between the two matches. I agree. But coming off of that, which was just kick, punch, body slam, to this, which was just kick, punch, body slam, mm -hmm. felt like a lot. It did, and I know it was uncensored, but it was just nothing. There was no substance. They they were trying to give us substance with no substance. Right. And at the end of the day, the match was fine. I'm not going to sit here and say it was the worst thing ever. It was fine. It just didn't make a lot of sense i guess and like a lot of things hulk hogan did in wcw it wasn't mm -hmm. the greatest thing in the world like i thought when i was a kid and i guess that's the saddest thing the saddest takeaway is you know i always thought hulk hogan was the goat the greatest of all time mm -hmm. he was the best face ever he made wrestling without him there would be no wrestling then he was the greatest heel ever like and then his just initial move to wcw that's like industry changing. It affected WWE in monumental ways and almost put him out of business when he made the heel turn, which is why I said he was the GOAT. But Austin is so good. When you go back and watch what Austin actually did, it was all actually good. So mm -hmm. it's demoralizing going back and watching these shows because it's just like, man, Hogan, I know whatever, he's a racist piece of shit, whatever. But like the wrestler, I, I can take away the man, the wrestler to the man himself, like actors are different than the people they portray in movies. It's the same shit. Yeah. The dude was a fucking God, man. And when I go back, I don't look at him as a God. He just wasn't that great. Um, that's sad. You know, it's pretty sad. Macho man though. He's fucking awesome, dude. The more I watch macho man, I, it's, I always say when I get older or as I've gotten older, Hogan, awful macho man, <laughs> incredible dude, goaded. 
he carried Hogan's fucking horrible ass, dude. Right. Yeah. I mean, Hogan's milk, Macho Man is wine. And that's how age affects both of those guys. So, yeah, to you, I mean, in, in, in the moment, in the time, I'm sure Hogan was awesome. But you go back and like, to your, like you were talking about Austin. You can go back and watch a Stone Cold match. and It's still going to be awesome. You can go back and watch any Macho Man match. and It's probably going to be awesome. But this, it was just. Yeah, the, the weak boots and just the weak offense, but the heel turn was just a perfect storm for everything. So we're almost there, but not quite yet. Um, but yeah, this match, it, it looked good on paper. It sounded cool. I was like half excited to watch it, but a couple of minutes into it, I'm like, all right, this is just it's doomsday. That's for sure. That, that's, <laughs> that's how it was advertised. And that's how it was executed. The but, crowd uh, was still popping for Hogan, though, I noticed. They were. I mean, the crowd, I can't say the crowd was like dead during this. No. So maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're the when, assholes. Um, when American made hit, they went fucking Ooh. crazy, dude. I was like, all right, because at the 95 World War Three, he was getting booed, big boos. So I was mm. anticipating more of that here. But no, they were they were all over it. Where were they at World World War? No, they were in uh, Norfolk. <laughs> they were like right down the street from me. Um, oh, well, that so, would make sense, though, because you guys are really wrestling heavy over there. So, like, in, mm-hmm. you know, um, that would make sense why they're just starting to shit on Hogan. They were in Tupelo. So I think oh. Tupelo might be a more uh, friendly atmosphere for the Hulkster. Did you uh, buy have you ever by any chance seen Uncensored 1995? I have. I don't remember. I, which one was it? Who did he wrestle? He wrestled Vader, right? Yes, it was the bull rope or strap match. Yeah, in the, in the main event, but I bring it up because that was also Mississippi, and that was the show where they had the King of the Road match between Dustin Rhodes and uh, I don't know, Nameless Heel yeah. number five. I forget who it was, but Black Top Bully, Black Top Bully. I would have never pulled that out. So thank you for that. But you got it. There's a guy who used to play the um, Smash from Demolition, the Repo right. Man. Yeah. Oh, is that who Repo Man is? I never knew mm-hmm. that. Repo Man, Smash, uh, Blacktop Bully. Yep. What a what a career. What a career. Yeah, right? I guess. Um, but, Demolition. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would probably put this Uncensored above last year's Uncensored. I mean, Uncensored 95 is still probably my least favorite WCW pay-per-view <laughs> up to this point. But uh, I don't know. Any other overall thoughts on this show? It wasn't awful. The Eddie Guerrero... Yeah. match to start the Eddie Guerrero Conan match to start the show the Regal Finley match to start the show um was cool the anytime I can see the Road Warriors mix it up um, I'm always in again third you know 15 minutes too long probably but overall the match was fine um yeah, it, was, it was just an okay show it wasn't it wasn't awful right. like I didn't like while I was watching it I didn't hate it so that's good uh, for, for this era of WCW I mean I had I just had super low expectations so I, I would agree. It's not it's definitely not the worst show they are putting on in this era, but it's like it is what it is, I guess. But uh, what is not the worst show was actually one of the best shows is the Tim King show. Once again, brother, thank you for making the time. Come on here. Slog through another WCW show just to uh, make, you know, what you enjoyed as a child. Now that now you hate I'm enjoying killing your childhood one show at a time. Where can everybody find you and listen to you so you can kill their childhoods? Yeah, bro. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on, dude. And uh, you didn't kill it too bad outside of Hulk Hogan again, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
But I really appreciate you having me on the show. I always have a blast chopping it up, talking wrestling with you for sure. Uh, you can find the Tim King Show on the Tim King Show YouTube channel, all major audio platforms at the Tim King Show, and on the Bloodline Entertainment Network. That's right. The Bloodline Entertainment Network. On Bloodline Entertainment Network, we got sports, we got wrestling, we got entertainment. We got about 10 podcasts. We're live two to three times a day, six to seven days a week, right here on YouTube, Bloodline Entertainment Network. And go to the website, bloodlinenetwork.com. Sports, wrestling, entertainment. We got some old school wrestling on there. If you like fantasy football, fantasy baseball, we're your home. Come check it out, bloodlinenetwork.com, The Tim King Show. And thank you so much, my brother. Absolutely. I mean, the whole reason we're here is because I hopped on your show and uh, got really drunk and was like, hey, you should come review Uncensored with me. And then now we're here. Now we're here. So it's just the kind of joy you get with the Tim King show and the Bloodline Network. Oh, man. And I'm glad I'm glad you came on that night. We were celebrating Justin's birthday. It was a blast. I'm glad I don't remember, but I'm glad I said that I'll do this (laughs) show. Once again, thank you to Tim. From the Tim King Show and the Bloodwine Bloodwine Bloodline Network for joining me on today's uncensored program. Thank you guys for enduring the uh, gratuitous nature of this episode. Go follow Tim on uh, all the social medias at the Tim King Show on Twitter and all of his other socials will be in the description below. Check out the Tim King Show wherever you listen to podcasts, as well as YouTube live in the archives, all of it, do that, and follow me at Apron Bump across the board. If you're watching on YouTube, give this bad boy a like, a comment, a uh, thumb up the ass, a kiss on the cheek, and a uh, slap on the dick. So, but before we go, you know what time it is. Bartholomew, hit it. WCWEZWWWF, who's the hardest promotion? Eric or Vince or Paulie? I think we can agree, though, it's mostly shit. All right. So, Uncensored 1996. If you're on YouTube, you'll be able to see my screen here. But if you're on Audio Land, I'll walk you through this. So, what we do here is we have a running scoreboard in which we are trying to capture which promotion, that'd be WWF, WCW, or ECW was the best of 1996. And we grade this through a, for, uh, through a variety of criteria. One, off of uh, the average pay-per-view grades of each promotion, but also in general, in a more general sense, we take a look at the in-ring quality, the, the roster and the star power. And we also take into account gimmicks, characters, storylines to see who overall is the best company of 1996. So the first step here is to grade the show. So it's from a scale of S to F, S being the best, F being the worst. So what do we grade this bad boy, Uncensored 96? So right off the bat, my first impulse is to give this a C because I think it's pretty solid for the most part. Even though the show has a bunch of dumb finishes and... um, just a bunch of nonsense there towards the end. For the most part, I was pretty entertained by it. And uh, they did some unique stuff, which should, you know, it has it's in its own way should be applauded. So I think so if we're like comparing to other shows, so like Super Brawl 96 got an F because that was just a god awful show. It's not an F for sure. And I don't think it's a D. I think I think a D would be unfair as well, but definitely not a B. 
Maybe a C plus if, if that was the option. But I think I'm going to go with C for Uncensored 1996. So with that grade, let's see if that affects the uh, tier list averages. And let's see if that has changed anything. So as of right now, WWF has the lead in uh, the highest average grade. So WWF has an average grade of four, which would be a B. And WCW has an average grade of a two, which I believe is a D and ECW is below that. So WWF still has the highest uh, average grade. So nothing changes there. So now I'm looking at the scoreboard. And as of right now, WWF is dominating. They have 22 points and WCW and ECW both have zero, but lots of year left, lots of events to cover, lots of things happening in 1996 that could sway things. So Nobody's out of the hunt yet, but as of right now, WWF is dominating. But let's see if Uncensored 1996 affected anything here. So, best pay-per-view of 96 is still WrestleMania 12. This is definitely not the worst pay-per-view, although that is still WCW, so fuck them, I guess. In-ring. Best overall in-ring. Right now, I have WWF. I still think that's accurate. Um, I think there's just too much... Like, the, the wrestling that's good in WCW is really good, but there's just not a lot of that. Mo the strong majority is the Hogans and the Ultimate Solutions and all that stuff. It's a lot of kick-punch, kick-punch type stuff. So, uh, WWF still has that. Best match, as of right now, is Sean versus Brett at WrestleMania 12. I don't think anything on this show is better than that. Uh, worst match currently is Hogan versus Giant from Super Brawl. I don't, <clears throat> no, nothing on this show is worse than that. Um, so roster star power. So who has the best overall roster? Who has the most star power of, of these promotions? WCW. Um, I would still say WCW because like Hogan and Macho are still super huge. And you also got Flair and you got um, Sting although WWF I'll say this I'm gonna, you know what I'm gonna keep it WCW for now but I think WWF might might jack this eventually because they got a lot of people incoming and a lot of people getting built in the next few months so for now I'm gonna keep it as WCW but uh, keep an eye out for that wrestler of the year so far Shawn Michaels yeah, I don't think any, no, nobody on this show uh, swayed that. So that stays the same. Worst wrestler of the year, still Hulk Hogan. And you might be like, well, fuck, what about Z Gangsta or Ultimate Solution or, uh, you know, uh, Colonel Robert Parker? Sure, but we also take into account the, you know, the, the level of like how they're portrayed on the card. Hogan is the god of WCW at this point, and he is just utter shits. So that's kind of where I stand there. I don't. I honestly don't see that changing. So Hogan, I think, still maintains that. Um, out of ring. So this takes into account gimmicks, characters, promos, and storylines. Overall, WWF with um, Taker and Diesel. Now you got Diesel and Sean. Um, Gold Dust running amok. Yeah, I think WWF still maintains it thus far. 
Best character, currently have Gold Dust. I don't think anybody on this show is better than Gold Dust. Definitely not Booty Man, that's for sure. Ooh, is Booty Man the worst wrestler of the year? No, not yet. Give it time, though. Give it time. Uh, worst character storyline, Dungeon of Doom. Again, this one might have the monopoly on this category, but yeah, Dungeon of Doom. Alliance 10, Hulkamania, whatever you want to call it, is just uh, is the shits. It is the shits. So, yeah, I don't think anything changed here. So WWF still has the lead with 22 points, and both WCW and ECW both have big old goose eggs. So that's where we're at now. And, uh, yeah, that's where we'll leave it. So I think that's about all I got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening. I got to sneeze. No, I don't. I thought I did. <laughs> I'm still a little sick. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all. Big old, big old, big old smooches all around. I'm hard. Yeah. Talk around and disregard it. Trip you off the ground, show you what hard is. Send you strong and proud, nothing can knock it. Let's get it started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Trip you off the ground, show you what hard is. Send you strong and proud, nothing can knock it.